Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 234, and today we'll be talking about your everybody sidekick. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, we're back to OKKO, Ian Jones Cordy's creation. Yeah, unlike uh, Spongebob's episode uh, that just started off right with Spongebob on the job, it took KO a little while to actually get into uh, Mr. Gar's bodega, which, you know, that's good for him that he took his sweet time, but this is really where uh, we start getting into the meat of all the characters in the show and really understanding KO's place. Uh, I really love the exploration of this and... um, yeah, there's just so much that makes OKKO OK good that starts off so early, and the only piece missing is the uh, sort of development of the art style that happens later on in the season. Yeah, I was watching it. I thought it was a little rough. There's something in... Especially the way KO is drawn. I can identify that. Yeah, Enid looks close to how she looks now, but um, you know, even though they had pulled back on the whole long nose thing from the pilot... There's still, um, maybe it's a greater boxiness, uh, tallness. His hair is crazy tall, but it's always crazy tall. There's just something that feels like it's still somewhere between the pilot model and the future model. I think all the characters got a little more cute looking later on in the series. K.O. definitely has his cute moments here, though, especially in all the zoom-ins. Also, even though he looks a little different than we think of him now, he has changed (laughs) so many ways throughout this episode. From his, like, crazy, manly, like, hero version to the way he's just crying and deflated. And this always happens to the characters in the show. But, you know, there's all that's still there, even if they look a little weird for episode three. Also, KO's just a little more violent <laughs> in this episode. At least the way it starts off. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of Droop whipping KO. Yeah, but Joe Cuppa is, like, brutally, basically murdered in the first ten seconds. Yeah, KO just takes him out, and he wasn't even trying. (laughs) I mean, we don't don't need your level 100 to foreshadow that this this kid's got some gains to make. Yeah, well, and the funny part is is it just hits the title card right after Joe just takes a knee, (laughs) and uh, that's it. There's no resolution. We assume that he was just <laughs> deeply, severely, internally bruised, and uh, he got better. <laughs> went on his way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 Lakewood Plaza Turbo. You you just take your chances. <laughs> like these things just happen sometimes. Like you know, his gut was bruised in an ultraviolent incident. He deals with it and moves on. Yeah, well, and the ultraviolence didn't start there. So we were introduced to a lot of different characters. I think introduced in this episode. Including my favorite monk, and I'm not exactly sure how to describe him, the mil- ultra-military pair. Yeah, uh, Nick Army's my boy. <laughs> yeah, Nick Army. Their relationship is explained better later, but... And then my main man, Mr. Logic. Yes, Mr. Logic is, uh... Well, so he already has his, like, one great fault out of the way, which is, what if the haircut robot goes wrong? But they get that out of the way right here, yeah. and KO easily fixes rogue. the problem. You know, we talked about the art style developing. The the characters have also developed uh, a bit. That they were intended to be much more one-dimensional at this point in the series. And man, it's like Enid is definitely a cardboard cutout relative to what she's usually. Well, I feel like she still has the greatest hint of character versus someone like, say, Red Action, who definitely gets a lot more later on. Like the angsty teens in the... Uh... 
in the old back alley are mostly just angry teens that have personal problems, as K.O. would say. But uh, yeah, Enid's pretty much just like an icy heart person at the beginning. But I do like her relationship with K.O. We have subtle signs of like that she's still amused by K.O. And even though she gives some tasks like cleaning uh, the shop, like you can tell the way that she watches him that she's like amused in like a nice way. And she's still willing yeah. to like accept his message at the end of the episode. So she does have that like dual cold wanting nobody to <laughs> mess with teenager behind the counter, but also like. There is some of that fleshing out with K.O. and her. I mean, I think Mr. Gar doesn't know how lucky he is with K.O. He didn't have to demonstrate to K.O. how to use those cleaning supplies at all. Like, K.O. already knew how to use some pretty advanced cleaning stuff. Like, we're not talking broom and dustpan here. <laughs> no, and somehow he wears all eight things at once and uh, instantly cleans up the shop. He is way overqualified for this job. No, you uh, you know there has to be a cartoon about some cleaning-based hero, and K.O. like has memorized every episode of that cartoon, and that's how he knows. Yeah, how has there not been a cleaning-based hero already? Of course, I can only think of a... <laughs> I mean, I can think of a cleaning-based villain from Darkwing Duck, but... I, I was thinking of uh, the toilet paper guy from Kids Next Door, but... <laughs> oh, the toilet nader? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, he's no joke either. He soloed Mr. Boss and the crew, so... Yeah, now I really want a toilet hero in OKKO. feel like he'd really fit in next to uh, Joe Kappa's sort of (laughs) motif. We need a little bit of potty humor in here. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, great. Can you just Joe Kappa except with toilet jokes instead of coffee jokes? Right. Make it happen, (laughs) Ian. We know you want to. Yeah, speaking of, uh, well, this is a stretch a little bit, but I like how K.O. corrected them saying that it's not magma butt, it's lava butt, because lava is when it's above ground. Yeah, and like like all kids, he's only saying that because he was told that almost word for word by an older person who he respects. Yes. No, I love that interplay between K.O. being a little kid, but that he's still able to, you know, he's trying to fit in this adult world. It's weird that he's only like 6 to 11, but he's working with teenagers in a store where normally a six to 11 year old doesn't work so he has to sort of be in that space and has to deal with those really mean teenagers in the back it's a good thing magma doesn't uh well lava doesn't immediately kill people in this show (laughs) yeah you gotta be tough to like like i said about joe cuppy you gotta be tough to work at the plaza ko's tough yeah i guess i guess we know that ko doesn't immediately die when magma is poured over him either that or he suffers life-ending injuries and the rest of the series is a hallucination as he dies well i was kind of thinking that was the only reasonable explanation so i'm glad that you brought it up original theory (laughs) yeah do we actually see these teens being as bad as they are in future episodes though oh no they they way mellow out yeah, it, it doesn't, that doesn't stay very long compared to, um, what's the bears and the skeletons names? Brandon and a real magic skeleton. Yeah, real magic skeleton basically stays that way forever. And so does Brandon. <laughs> That's pretty much their relationship the whole time, except for, I mean, they definitely deal with each other better, but they're always on each other's nerves a little bit. And they pretty much, I don't know. I feel like though they, they were the closest to being the same. Hmm, well, I mean, Nick and Joff are largely the same as well. Well, yeah, they're not very deep characters. When they get their spotlight. Yeah. 
I do like, though, that they were fighting over a jar, <laughs> opening a jar of pickles, but, <laughs> and the solution is not very complicated either. Ko's like, you both want pickles? Why don't you just both get pickles? <laughs> Crazy theory. Open it twice. Yeah. And then read this fashion blog and put on this big parka to be ready for fall. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame that they all had their, uh, you know, secret personal problems solved. But, um, you know, only the girl with the deepest insecurities was able to come back and say thank you. Hmm. I think Greg's a guy. Yeah, it's nice that Greg actually came back. I feel like Greg hasn't taken much of a place in the rest of the series as much. Like, when I went back and saw this team of three, I was like, this is kind of Greg's biggest moment. Yeah, Troop's Troop's been in a few things, but Greg is like a non-entity. He's like Dogman, except even Dogman gets attention called to him. Yeah, which is too bad, because Greg's got, like, a really good GPA and stuff, so... Oh yeah, he was valedictorian, that's something to be proud of. Yeah. I mean, he should be, like, a lecturer at Point Prep or something, man. (laughs) I guess he's too shy, he doesn't want to get up in front of all the heroes. Yeah. Definitely would have been a different ending for the story if Greg hadn't come back and said thank you, though, because Ko was really defeated. Oh Uh... yeah. (laughs) Which is, I I don't understand why, because it looked like, you, you know... Red Action was playing tough, but, like, he he really made her day, and you'd think he would have picked up on that. Yeah, it would have been interesting to have to see Enid try to reconcile, you know, her own viewpoint with K.O.'s more to try to encourage him. But, uh, you know, luckily that didn't have to happen yet. Greg took the hit for her. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, oh, man. I can see why Red Action was upset, though. That haircut was bad. Yeah, but, like, okay, am I... I forget a lot of things in the show because I really just need to rewatch the whole thing. But what is with the little, the little thing hanging out in in Red's hair? Is that a thing? I don't, I don't remember that being a thing in any other episode. Yeah, like, does it have something to do with why she got a bad haircut in the first place? I mean, maybe it'll be revealed to be some futurey thing in the future. Yeah, it's just in the trivia section, so it, I don't think it's mentioned any other time. Yeah, well, that's the fun of OKKO OK is. All sorts of little visual details can be there just for the sake of it being a joke once. Just so that Red can say, eyes down here. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's hilarious because that's usually the opposite, but... Oh! I know. Oh, look at those wily writers. Also, maybe it's like they they have a small furry creature in there, like a rat's nest of a hair. Almost yeah. like the hair, the hair is so bad, something has taken up residence. I always love haircuts that add back hair, though. Or whatever magic Mr. Logic did. <laughs> Mr. Logic is good. I was going to compliment him on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he he's found the perfect equation for the perfect haircut. No matter how much hair he's working with. But yeah, it's kind of interesting that they pulled back on um, Rad not being any part of this story. Because they've definitely been able to insert Rad before as just a like absolute comic butt of the joke. Just for him to say like, Hey, I'm here, and then Enid to just kick him out of the way, so. Or him, like, to show that, like, show up just out of nowhere, saying, yeah, I was doing something stupid the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of yeah. nice that they were able to end it purely focusing on uh, Enid's and Ko's relationship, which has been obviously a pretty satisfying part of the series, at least for me. I don't know, for some reason I'm reminded of uh, Lion 3 straight to video, hey, Sadie, it's almost time to open up, and then he sees and it's like, Back slowly away. <laughs> I see genuine emotions. I want none of this. 
No, that's exactly how Rat is. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's that's his fear, being emotionally genuine, showing sadness. Yeah. An episode we are sure to discuss at some point. I really like that one. I really like a lot of these. Yeah. <laughs> okay, KO's really good. And this one does the job to have KO start. It's kind of funny that his first day on the job really doesn't have much to do with being in Mr. Gar's other than, you know, cleaning up. They even call out at the frame store that, that this isn't the bodega. Right, he already that quickly <laughs> isn't even in the bodega. But I mean, as as we know, Mr. Gar created the entire plaza with Plasmo, so technically the plaza is the bodega. Right. Well, also, <laughs> we I think it's funny how Mr. Gar's is successful at all with how bad Enid's service is. So in this episode, like, K.O. coming is part of what <laughs> makes this place even work in the first place. Because Enid doesn't, like, actually check out a single person in it, so no commerce is actually conducted. I don't know. I, I just think Enid literally could not even at that moment. <laughs> right. But the bodega stuff is just that good. You keep coming back to hope that she can even. <laughs> right. Apparently, their merch is that compelling. But yeah, this was a really good episode uh, for, you know, Ko's first day on the job. Give you a good lay of the land at the plaza. You see the, you see the salon, you see the, the frame store, which it's actually weird that it takes us so long into the series before we finally see the owner of the frame store. Well, that's a pretty good reveal for what it is. Also, <laughs> they're not even fighting about frames. They're like somehow just talking about boxes. Which is really the realm yeah. of someone else across the street, but yeah. Well, I mean, it's a box. Boxman doesn't do like plastic cubes. Like he's beyond that. Well, of course. Oh well. Any 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 more to discuss? <laughs> I really liked uh, episode four of season two. You have to care, but uh, <laughs> that was uh, not the same episode as the one we were meant to watch. So <laughs> no. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. Because yeah. everyone loves Elodie. Yeah. Well, I was watching it and I was like, wow, I can't believe they introduced Elodie this early. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> this this show's really good. Anyway, guys, that's us on your Everybody's Sidekick. Join us next week where we'll be talking about a Craig of the Creek episode. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.